what you do. I think it's pretty crazy that you're considering banning some guy, some like some of the best players in the world just because they're from a country. Alright, welcome to the 50th episode of Clubhouse Convos, Big Five Zero. Uh, it's your host, Colin Scully, as usual, joined by my good friend Evan Mellings. How you doing today, buddy? I'm good. Uh, working on a new poll for the Instagram. Lovely. Dan, how are you doing today? Uh, pretty good. Um, it's kind of nice not having to worry about the stories for the Instagram now that Evan has decided to finally start doing something. <laughs> yeah! Um, <laughs> Let's go! Pull it my took weight. so long. I know. And uh, no Newman today. Newman's got work. He's busy. So an absent Newman. No gridiron this week. We're kind of just blending them all together. Uh, so there's really not much football to discuss other than our sim talk. So let's jump right into our power rankings. Dan, you should have sharing abilities already. So you can pull those up. Uh, probably going to be some movement on both sides, I would guess. NBA and NHL. I just assume because the last time we actually put out one of these has been a was while. A couple of weeks so, ago, yeah, yeah. So just been swamped for, with schoolwork, but getting around to it, I should have the post actually out later today. So, um, but still, nonetheless, after those weeks off, uh, the Suns are still the number one team. Uh, that is followed by the Memphis Grizzlies at two, the Golden State Warriors at three. So those teams kind of finally flipping. Uh, the Miami Heat at four, the Philadelphia 76ers at five, Chicago Bulls six, Utah Jazz seven, Milwaukee Bucks eight, the Dallas Mavericks nine, and the Denver Nuggets ten. Our Cleveland Cavaliers have fallen out of the top ten. Um, Sin. <laughs> Celtics are receiving one vote from uh, Connor. I did have them in my original top ten, but then moved them out. Um, and the one note I'll have is I have Philly at two. I, I don't care yeah. th- what the record says. They're the second best team right now. And I think they're absolutely going to make uh, just the uh, NBA finals. What have you seen out of James Harden that you've liked so far? What's not to like so far? He's just, he's the exact guy. I said it when they made the trade. This is the exact guy they've always needed for the past couple of years to make that finals run. He's just the superstar that they've been waiting for that could actually shoot the ball. He's not some wingman that's kind of like a, like a power four that could kind of shoot and we're going to rely. No, this is a guy that can legitimately shoot. He's an all-star. He's a all NBA caliber player that is finally going to get us to the finals, I believe. And you pair that with Joel Embiid, who's having an MVP season. I really like what the Sixers have, regardless of depth. You shorten your bench anyway in the playoffs. I'm not putting them on the same level, but Philadelphia did at one point have Jimmy Butler Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons when he played, uh, he had a really good year that year. They had a good team that year. Not that Harden and Butler are equivalent in terms of shooting, but I feel like Philly's had some chances in the past few years to get it done. Fair. Uh, in terms of anything else on the power rankings, one note I'd make, uh, I don't have the Bucks in mind. All three of you do. Um just the Cavs, like I'm just more impressed by what the Cavs are doing with that roster than what the Bucks are doing with that roster. Everyone expects the Bucks to be that good or probably better than they've been this year. So to me, it's like, yeah, they're probably they're my 11 for sure. But uh, I, I don't I don't see them as a top 10 team with what they've been able to accomplish and the guys they have on that team. I mean, yeah, I mean. You're right. I mean, obviously winning a championship a year ago, they they haven't been the team that I guess people thought that they would have. Um, just some notes here. I think uh, we should definitely point out that the Warriors obviously no longer getting any number two votes. Uh, Newman has them at three, and then Dan, myself, and Colin have them at four. They're kind of in a little funk here, uh, which has been interesting just to see because they seemed almost untouchable at the beginning of the year, and then they get Clay back. And then right now things are just not clicking for them, which is which is interesting to see. Memphis, I believe, only half a game back. Yeah, one quick thing I'd say about that is today or last night when I did these, whenever I did them, um, 
This is the first time. It's actually today. First time I've seen Phoenix and Golden State have a losing streak above one at the same time. They both lost two in a row. But it's like kind of crazy that we have 20 fucking games left. And this is the first time they've lost multiple games in a row at the same time. That's how good both teams have been this year. That's all I have really for the NBA. Not much, really. I feel like back half of the season, there's not much to talk about till playoffs. I feel like we yeah. know who's going to make the playoffs and stuff. So Denver's hot right now. They've won six in a row. Yeah. I'll be interested Newman to see how the them. West ends up seeds like four through eight. I'll be yeah. very interested to see how that shakes out. Uh, quickly, before we get to the NHL, some news out of Seattle. Pete Carroll says there's no intention to trade Russell Wilson. I'll just say this. The Cardinals said Josh Rosen was their guy. So anything can happen. I think Josh Rosen anything. and Russell Wilson are a little different. Clearly, but no coach is going to go out there and go, yeah, we're trading this guy. Screw it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So as much as I don't think he'll be traded. But um, for the NHL poll, uh, we have the Colorado Avalanche coming in at one. Uh, that's followed by uh, the Florida Hurricanes at two. Nope. Sorry, Carolina Hurricanes at two. Um, the Florida Panthers at three. Tampa Bay Lightning at four. Calgary Flames at five. The New York Rangers at six. Toronto Maple Leafs, seven. Pittsburgh Penguins, eight. The St. Louis Blues at nine. And the Minnesota Wild at 10, with the Bruins receiving two votes to be in the top 10. Um, to be honest, I haven't really been following hockey lately, so I don't really know what's going on. I know the Flames have... Kind of had this hot comeback, I guess. I kind of talked about it last pod, um, but just really not paying attention to the NHL lately. So I got to get back into it. I'd say my two notes quickly. Um, I've had Florida as my number one for about two and a half months. They've lost three in a row. First time they've lost three games in a row all year, I believe. Um, Colorado one, Carolina two for me, as is uh, for the group power rankings. It, it, it was painful to move Florida down because I feel like uh, – and not that I'm backing off my stance on them. I think they're a fucking wagon. But uh, Colorado and Carolina, I think, are just a little better right now. And lastly, I'd say the Bruins to not be on here over the Wild is pretty pathetic. The Wild have lost five in a row. Uh, Boston had, what, four in a row, five in a row prior to losing last night um, in their fourth game in six days, so – I'd say Boston would be more worthy of that 10 spot than Minnesota at the moment. And sometimes when I build my rankings, I, I, I try to imagine if the two teams faced off against each other, who would win in like a seven game series. And I do think that the, the, the wild would win a seven game series over the Bruins beat them already once this year in their matchup. We beat them though. It's one and one. Oh, it is one and one. Yeah. Um, I just like the depth within Minnesota better. I like their defense a little bit better, and that's not a knock on the Bruins, but I think the Wild, they're going through a tough stretch, but to me, I still have them as a top 10 team. Um, noteworthy for me, I have Tampa three. That's the highest of anybody uh, here, I believe. Um, they've won five in a row. Florida's lost three. I still think the Panthers are the more talented team, like the better team, but right now I think Tampa's deserving. Uh, riding the uh, tails of Vasilevsky, uh, to five straight wins. They're just, they're, they're wagon really all the top 10 teams really are, are all gross. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's tough to even debate it. Uh, Toronto, um, is an interesting one. We all kind of have them anywhere from six to eight. They've won a lot of games in a row. I don't know the exact number, but in their last 10, they've been very good concern there for me is the defense and the injuries, but I know Muzzin's hurt. And, um, but that top line of bunting, Matthews and Marner, I think deserves so, a mention. Uh, it deserves a mention for sure. So, the top eleven teams to me, you know, you can make a case for anybody anywhere. To uh, just to return to the Bruins Minnesota discussion real quick, um, I just I take Boston goaltending right now over Minnesota, so that's the most important part I think to me. Um, Bruins goalies have been winning them games. Obviously, the Bruins have been playing well, but I think the goaltending has been a huge part of their their run lately. I have to say, I do think it's noteworthy. Um, about a couple months ago, I had to defend my stance on, you know, Jake, uh, on Swayman, why I thought he should still be up. And uh, you and Newman were really on my ass for that yeah. take. Um, and obviously, Swayman's come back up and he's been brilliant, absolutely deserving of NHL time. 
and they just should never have signed Tuca. But but shout out to Swayman playing really well, and shout out to D- uh, Jake DeBrusque as well. Yeah, yeah, both playing well. Uh, are you good at first? Sure you go Sim. Go All right, Sim. Uh, Dan, we're gonna do Sim before lineup card because Evan's computer is a little special needs. So um, I'll let you take the reins on that one. Yeah. So. We tried to find where we cut off last episode. I think we've now settled on uh, – actually, it was not Tyron Matthew because you guys made fun of me of how I said his name. Yes, so, you're right. Mathieu. 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 Tyron Mathieu. Um, all right, so that would leave us with one note here. Carolina uh, obviously still has Sam Darnold. Uh, Connor has gone in the direction of signing Tyler Huntley. Uh, Baltimore Ravens backup quarterback. Uh, to I like that starting job. So, hmm. but we have rumors going out today in the chat that it seems as though Carolina is all in on Malik Willis, which has caused Frank to explore his options with the Pittsburgh Steelers into trading up ahead of Newman. So, wow, trying to bait Frank into a trade, perhaps because I don't think there's any way Newman's spending the sixth overall pick on Willis. I, I don't know. As a league expert, I will tell you there is definitely a chance that Newman takes a quarterback at six. So, um, the next big signing here, we got Juju Smith-Schuster going to the New England Patriots on a two-year deal worth thirteen million dollars. Evan, yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. I think the Pats got out a receiver. Juju at six and a half million. I think he's a guy that goes in there. Um, I think he respects the fuck out of Bill. I think he, he you know, he, he really does his thing. I don't think there's any antics if Juju comes. And he gives you a nice quality, uh, another ad in, uh, for a receiver. Obviously, you got um, uh, my Pats had Aguilar, still born. You bring in Juju. Uh, you brought in Peoples Peoples Jones, Jones. And with Henry, with Smith, with James White, fully healthy. It, you know, they needed a weapon. They needed another receiver. And, and Ju- I'm happy with Juju. I would have taken Christian Kirk at one for four over Juju. <laughs> well, I didn't well, know that he was worth. You one got for a four. snag there. <laughs> That's um, all. All the money I had, I spent on him. Yeah. Um, it, speaking of receivers here, the next one I have here is Allen Robinson to the uh, Cleveland Browns, which I think I put on the Instagram. Um, yes. Yes. Um, we'll get into the our our like the teams we have enjoyed transforming the most, but I have to say besides the downgrade at quarterback, I think the Browns have gotten better at every other position. I really like what the Browns rosters turned into. Uh, I think Robinson's a great ad paired him with Cedric Willis or Wilson. Sorry. Um, Who's the tight end that I signed the other day for them? Tyler Conklin. Yes. Tyler Conklin to add with Austin Hooper. (laughs) Uh, brought in Madison on the defensive side. I've done some things. So uh, I was very happy with Allen Robinson signing. I think he's probably as close to a number one as they've had since, I guess, Odell, when they traded for him. In theory, he was a number one at that point. Um, But I I think that's a big deal for Cleveland. And I think it would be a decent fit in real life. Yeah, I agree. Um, Next, we have a pair of cornerback signings. Uh, the first one being Carlton Davis to the Jacksonville Jaguars, five years, $87.5 million. And then we also have Darius Williams uh, going across the street from the Rams to the Chargers on a four-year, $52 million deal. Um, I know Connor is really excited about that signing for the Chargers. Uh, Evan, Carlton Davis. Yeah, I'm excited about Carlton Davis coming to Jacksonville. I, I think it, I, I, this is a move that I could totally see in real life, and I, and I noted in my text to Dan, uh, he would reunite with, I believe his name is Mike Caldwell, who's the new defensive coordinator for the Jaguars, uh, worked under Todd Bowles, uh, so kind of knows the guy, and, and I think that would be a nice fit. They need someone to line up across from Shaquille Griffin, and I think, you know, you got a lot of money to spend. You got to address that defense that looked very poor uh, a short year ago. Uh, real quick on that, I had when I traded Baker, I I had a lot of money all of a sudden, and Jackson was still there, so I jumped in on J.C. Jackson. I missed out on him, and then I jumped in on Darius Williams. I missed out on him, and then I was like, "Fuck it, Cleveland's corners are already good enough." But imagine we were talking about it: mm-hmm. uh, Ward, Jackson, Newsom. You have Greedy Williams, and then. Delpit and John Johnson would be a disgusting secondary. 
that would be a very good, very good secondary. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, the next thing I have here, and I'll, I'll make it a pair, it's uh, two Detroit signings. It's Michael Gallup and J.C. Jackson. So the Lions getting a, a new starting receiver and a new outside corner. Um, I was very excited by these signings. Um, I was in on J.C. Jackson, pulled out, thought I'd go Darius Williams, but then said, screw it. J.C. Jackson's a very good corner. Went back in, and I ended up signing him. Uh, it's a six-year, $120 million deal. It's, that's 20 per year. It's a lot. The line's got a lot of cap to work with. I said, screw it. Let's do it. Um, and then for Michael Gallup, I think, I think it's a very good deep threat for the lions for Jared Goff, just get some receiving talent there. They don't have a lot. Um, and maybe I could get some in the draft as well, but I, I was very happy with those two signings. Oh, I already added Marcus Williams at secondary as well. Yep. It's yeah. a good move. They got money to spend and Dan, I hope they follow your lead here. Hopefully, I hope I hope all of my teams follow my lead. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one we have here is another Charger signing. It's Darius Smith. Um, going to be playing on the edge for them. Maybe help with pass rush and that run defense. Uh, it's three years, thirty-three million dollars. Uh, so eleven APY um, <laughs> on here on the chart. It, so how we have it is when they sign, it says the team name and it says Chargers with a smiley face. It's another one Connor is really excited about. Considering I paid Preston Smith, his far less productive counterpart, the same amount of money per year, I'm kind of disappointed. The market was dry. I mean, Zadarius was asking for like 17 to start. The market was dry. Yeah. There's a lot of people that got a lot of cheap deals done. Um, so well, don't I know for next year we'll have to kind of figure that out because a lot of people are taking discounts when I don't think they will, but nonetheless, um, next is an interesting move. It was the Atlanta Falcons signing Orlando Brown. Um, yeah. I was not at all expecting for this to happen. I had Jake Matthews at tackle, but I had about nine million cap. I just lost out on somebody. I forget who it was, and I realized if you cut Jake Matthews, it was like twelve million dollars. And then I was like, screw it. If I offer the minimum to Orlando Brown, um, I'll have enough money to sign him. And lo and behold, Orlando Brown comes. I, I upgraded tackle uh, in, I think, talent and also age. I go from 30 years old to 25. And I think Orlando Brown is definitely an upgrade over Jake Matthews. What was that contract? Five for 100, uh, right? Five 100, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, good that. Deal. I like that. So dishing out some money. Makes sense though. Dan, you've probably been the biggest spender in terms of like big contracts. I have definitely signed the biggest contracts. Yeah. Um, Cause I had Derek Carr, uh, Orlando Brown, Marcus Williams, JC Jackson. Jackson. I, I'm, I'm making some moves. And then I've also acquired Deshaun or yeah, Deshaun Watson. Um, got Teron Armstead, Ryan Jensen, making some moves over here. Um. Next biggest one, we got to go through a lot of filler. I just want to point out Evan is signing J.J. Arcega-Whiteside to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I was absolutely disgusted by this. I don't think this guy deserves to be on any roster. Uh, he might not be, but uh, Doug is going to give him another chance, just like Jalen Rager. <laughs> um, Dan, while you're looking um, for one, oh, you found one? I was going to bring up Christian Kirk, the one for four which is he was asking for basically 10 mil and he takes a one year kind of like a prove it deal with Houston. 20% yeah. to happen. I thought it was a great, I thought it was great for me. I mean, I had cooks and nobody else. So I was like, I need someone. Um, I had Evan Ingram, a tight end. I liked that, mm-hmm. but most of the money I spent on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm hoping to, uh, to target a wide receiver in the draft with Houston, I have 12, 15, and 16. Um, also looking at a couple other positions. Uh, one, I'm sure, will be leaked in the near future. <laughs> Maybe. I got a lot of rumors uh, waiting to be sent out in the chat. So um, one quick signing here, Rob Gronkowski going to play with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Um, I had the cap for it and I said, screw it. I know it could happen in real life. He said, if he plays for any other quarterback, he'd like to play for Joe Burrow. Let's make it happen. CJ Uzama is a little banged up and he's like 29. I think he'll be in the season. So let's just get two tight ends that are really good to add to that offensive firepower that they have. So 
Um, yeah, I like that a that's lot. Gronk's still a fucking beast. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I really like the pairing. Um, uh, there's not a lot. A lot of like just filler trying to fill um, roster sizes because we are trying to get to 75 players for every team, even if some GMs are not going to be able to get to that goal. Um, <laughs> I have a transaction, Dan, quickly. Um, cause it happened right after the pod last week. It was the Cleveland Miami quarterback trade. Oh uh, yeah. I sent Baker Mayfield to Miami in exchange for Tua Tagovailoa, a second round pick in 2023 and a fourth round pick this year. Um, I guess from my side of things, it was more about the money. I was not into, uh, I don't know if we're keeping the same teams next year, but I would never have paid Baker, um, what he probably would have wanted. It doesn't make sense for that roster. You get two, uh, three years left on the contract, somewhat affordable at $8 million a year. I get is a downgrade at quarterback, but I've given him a plethora of weapons. So I hope he would have some success. That trade hurt my head because <laughs> Sean had You're- already signed Jameis Winston to compete with Tua. And then he makes the trade. And I can't understand for the life of me why he's trying to have a quarterback room of Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston, Tua, or Tua's gone. But like at that point, it just I didn't it didn't comprehend in my mind. And then we eventually came to the conclusion that Jameis never signed his contract and he was off to Denver. Um, just that, that was just well. When I texted Sean, I said, "Is Tua available? Cleveland's calling," and he said, "Yes, Baker available." And I said, absolutely, are you interested? And he said, definitely. And I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> he He's all over the place. Um, just today, he had offers on Eric Ebron, Trey Turner, and KJ Wright. He only has three million cap space, so he puts three offers out there, tries to see if one will hit. And Trey Turner ends up accepting out of the three of them. And so I send him in the chat, and he's like, what happened to Ebron? And he's like, well, I'm like, well, Trey Turner accepted Ebron decline. And he's like, man, I didn't really even want Trey Turner. I'm like, then why the hell did you offer him? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm really confused by Sean's moves lately. Um, um, I, real quick, Dan, I think we should also note the trade column that I made. Uh, I was just about oh, to bring really? that up. Yeah, I have yeah. all the uh, – I also have a note for you, Evan, but I can't disclose ahead. the notes. So it, before I actually get into the trade, I have um, – friend on the team that's in my accounting classes and I've been showing him what's happening with all these transactions and stuff with the Vikings because he's a Vikings fan. Oh, he wow. absolutely hates the job that you are doing. He says you're destroying wow. the team. He says he, hate, he hates everything that you are doing. He hates this trade that I'll now disclose the details. It's the Minnesota Vikings sending their uh, 12th pick uh, <laughs> this year, their second this year, their sixth this year, and a 2023 first round pick to the Texans for the third pick and Desmond King. He hates that. He hates that you released um, Daniil Hunter. Does he hates he, that you let Tyler Conklin walk. And he hates that Kirk Cousins is still on the team. Well, Kirk's unmovable, so he can. Understood. I mean. He also listen. hates the Madison trade, which I even hate. That's so fair. Okay, that, that's fair. That's the only one I think you can have a gripe on because you're going to get a talented player three. You get a talented corner, which they fucking needed. And, um, you know, Daniil Hunter hasn't finished the last two seasons. He's got back problems. I cleared up $18 million in that transaction or whatever the fuck it was to disperse money elsewhere because there were other needs. Uh, they, and as far as the tight end goes, yeah, Conklin, who wants seven point, who wanted like eight, almost $8 million. I don't know what you signed him at, but that's besides the five point. and a half. Um, they have Irv Smith there at a much cheaper um, cost. So I and and Kirk like Colin said I'm not going to eat 35 million. So I kind of reject your friend's sort of um, what is he talking about? <laughs> like, like what is he talking about? No offense, but I think I've you done also a good signed job. Von Miller this morning. Von Miller, Chris Harris. He did like that. Had... He does like bringing in Von Miller. He does. Okay. Who wouldn't? It, it, to me, I just I, I I was kind of shocked. I'm shocked to hear that because I think Minnesota's been one of my better projects. Uh, anyway, and besides the Madison, so that was Madison move was yeah. You could you could debate that one. But. Um, I love the Madison move. I've been profiting off all your idiocies, just <laughs> like in MLB fantasy. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'll quickly explain the Houston portion of trading down at three. Um, I already added 
Davenport, Iadonis to my defensive line. So I really didn't need Hutchinson or Thibodeau. We know Evan's taking Neil at one, um, which would have left me with one of those two. Don't Do really need that? them. I don't know if we know that. I lo- we know that. Uh, <laughs> I like everybody my- knows that. <laughs> I like my offensive line already, so I don't really need a lineman. I trade down to 12. I'm hopefully going to get uh, a cornerback who I really, really like. And then I add a second this year and a first next year. Uh, yeah, trading Desmond King stinks a little bit, but take the picks. Um, I, I mean, I like it for Houston, but at the same time, um, I don't know. I kind of like some of the prospects that are there. Maybe you could get Kyle Hamilton. Um, I don't know. It, well, I mean, I'm paying this guy named Eric Murray, who I've never heard of. I'm paying him $6 million a year, and I re-signed Justin Reed. So I, I don't have any room for him. Fair enough. Um, I just the, – the move for Minnesota is interesting because you had Daniel Hunter when you made the trade. Um, so I didn't really know what the move was at that point. You then get rid of him, and I'm like, all right, he's going for edge. And then he signs Von Miller. So I'm just – it's very interesting to see how it's working. Yeah, and I was – because I didn't want to make the mistake that Colin made, not knowing the scheme of the team that he was oh, a part of. Off. So <laughs> I would check – I was checking, like, the ESPN.com, um, like, kind of depth charts. And um, Anthony Barr was listed as the position that Von Miller was listed in Los Angeles. So he's going to replace Barr um, in, in that position. And then – we still have guys coming off the end as well, or, or we'll have a room for another area. So that was my sort of logic there. Replace Barr with Miller, and then I'll get into it a little bit later, but yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Um, I just quickly, Daniil Hunter, who you've released is now going to Baltimore on a three-year $36 million deal. It's a pretty it's a significant underpay, I think, for a guy that's probably going to be re- released or traded in real life because he wants more money. So I, I don't know how realistic that is, but I don't know if I would commit three years to him either. Probably not. No, but it's a lot of money. Yeah. That's all we got. Cool. All right. So let's get into the lineup card. So, first question right off the bat, um, we'll start in the MLB. Um, an article on ESPN.com. Major League Baseball has canceled opening day with Commissioner Rob Manfred announcing Tuesday that the sport uh, will scrap regular season games over a labor dispute for the first time in 27 years. The walkout talks collapsed in the hours before the management's deadline. Um, with owners and players unable to agree on a contract to replace the uh, CBA that expired December 1st, Manfred canceled the first two series for, uh, for each of the 30 teams cutting the cl- yeah, each club schedule from 162 to likely 156 at most. And a total of 91 games in baseball were already canceled. Um, Colin, I'll start with you. Um, is it realistic to think that baseball will begin in the month of April? I would probably say at this point, no, uh, just because of how far apart they seem to be on the deal. Um you know, you had all those reports, 15-hour marathon meeting, things are trending in the right direction. And then you have Ross Stripling come out and talk about how they basically just waited and waited and waited until the end and then tried to slide some shit in that the players obviously wouldn't have wanted in there. Uh, so in the end, it became pretty much just a waste of time. Um, things went backwards on the last day of negotiations yesterday, or was that Monday? Um, I can't remember. Whatever day. Yeah, whatever day it was. Um, so it's just it's disheartening. Um, yeah, I, I'd say no. I'd say May at the earliest. What do you think, Dan? I'm going to go with no. Um, I just think both sides are just too far apart for anything, at least in the near future, to get done. Um, and just – the, the whole PR battle that's going on, I think it just pisses off at least the player side to just like, screw it. We're going to sit out as long as we need to and make the fans turn on you even more, um, which is just not good for the, for baseball in general. Um, but I, I just don't see either side really coming together for a deal. Um, I think there's too much pride on both sides to not give in. So I just don't think it's realistic. 
Uh, I'm going to say no as well. Uh, to Colin's point, I think May is probably the best case scenario. And even that, just with how negotiations have gone and uh, how much I think animosity each side has towards each other, I think it's just detrimental right now. And they're, and they're really, they're really killing the sport. So Some fucking big boy words from you. Right. Animosity and detrimental. Shit, dude. Yeah, I go to school. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned something. Um, question two, we'll stay in uh, the MLB. Um, so rumors have been swirling uh, across Major League Baseball that small market teams don't want the season to begin until after May because of students being in school, uh, obviously having a hard time selling tickets. Uh, should the MLB shorten the season for this reason? And Dan, we'll start with you. Yes or no? Can you repeat the question again? Sorry. Yes, I can. Uh, rumors have been swirling uh, that small market teams don't want the season to begin until after May because of students being in school. Should the MLB shorten the season for this reason? Dan's a bad student. Um, like, I guess, like going forward in general or just this season alone? That's I would say it would be more towards uh, in general. I mean, I think the season should be shortened. Um, I feel like 162 games is just a lot of games. Um, I understand baseball. You can kind of just play that many games and you're fine. But to like the average fan, I, I don't know. I, I'd say I'll say yes, but not for the reason of selling tickets to students. I just think 162 is a lot. Yeah, that was going to be my pretty much exact answer, Dan. I think somewhere around the 130 mark, is more realistic it's just nobody wants to watch 162 baseball games let's be honest and you know i understand where small market teams are coming from like students are are a lot of the money young people are people who go out to games and things like that so financially it makes sense but you know how are you going to compensate for that loss of 30 some games is, is the yeah. question um yeah, I'm going to say no. Uh, just for me, less games, prices go up. Uh, it makes it tougher for people. It's going to be tougher for people to get to these games, obviously, because there's not enough. There, there will obviously be much less supply. Uh, I don't know how many games that they would consider going down, but I don't like that at all. I don't want to spend more money. I'm already spending enough money in 2022 as it is with all <laughs> of the shit in the world. Um, and then for me, like, I'm a guy who, like, Staff should be consistent, and if we change the amount of games, then we get into that that dicey type of area where it's like now, okay, you know, Otani hit forty home, forty five home runs in what one hundred thirty two games. Say, like we can't translate that to, to the kind of the record book. So yeah. I I don't like that at all. Uh, so I want it to stay one sixty two, um, and kids are still going to find ways to go to games. It just sounds like a small market team issue. Also, if we're talking about like starting at the end of may that's more like 60 games and 102 seems like maybe too short so. I, would, I would have to uh i would have to agree with that um so moving on to question three we're gonna go to the nhl um agent for russian-born nhl players says that clients are dealing with threats and discrimination after invasion of ukraine nhl player agent dan milstein who represents the majority of the russian-born players in the league told ESPN that his clients are experiencing disturbing levels of harassment, believes draft eligible players are already being discriminated against because of Russia's invasion. Uh, he said in an interview, the discrimination and racism these Russian and Belarusian players are facing right now is remarkable. We're being set back 30 years. I have players calling me, player, uh, parents calling me. They're concerned whether they'll be able to play and whether it's safe, um, which is interesting. Um, we also saw Dominic Hasek come out and say that he thinks the NHL should suspend Russian-born uh, players, obviously, as a result of this invasion. Um, Colin, what are your thoughts on this? And if you were in in some sort of um, role within the league, what would you kind of do? What, what do you make of those all those comments, and then what would you do? I think it's pretty crazy that you're considering banning some guy – some like some of the best players in the world just because they're from a country like Panarin has already openly spoken out against Russia before he's spoken out against this war and you're going to suspend him because he's from Russia and all of a sudden the Rangers lose their best player. Like, I don't understand that. I, and it's not like these guys, 
sure if you're if you're a player and you're like yeah i support the war fuck ukraine then yeah sure you're you're just as bad but if you're openly speaking out even ovechkin and i get like putin and him as his profile picture and whatever but you also have to remember putin's not a guy that you cross so if you are buddies with putin now you're gonna be buddies with putin until putin's gone or you're gonna be gone so ovechkin can't just like we'll get all of a sudden yeah exactly he he, he had to go home because his family was in danger um which is fucked up. I mean, it's fucked up. Ovechkin's come out and said no war. All, and there's literally nobody in the world besides Putin and probably some members of his government, certainly not all of them, that want this invasion. So uh, to to be suspending athletes just based on where they're from, it almost feels like uh, a racial discrimination of sorts. What do you make of the agent's comments? That people so are being threatened? Yeah. I think that's fucked up too. Leave leave them alone. They're not the ones shooting Ukrainians and bombing fucking civilian buildings. They're playing a game for money for your favorite team. So fuck off. Dan, what do you think? Um, I kind of said this because I think this was sent to the chat. Um, I kind of do agree with this to an extent. Now, the reason isn't so much to punish these players. It's more of you you need to kill all of Russia's morale in some way. Like there's probably thousands of kids in Russia that watch NHL hockey games that look up to Ovechkin and all these players. And if those players are gone, that crushes like not that you want to crush these kids' dreams, but it's like let's crush get the Russia, youth. Well, it's like we need to like and there's probably adults that also look up to these guys in Russia, but like you need to just crush Russian morale to the point where they turn on Putin and end this war. Cause let's be honest, Putin's not stopping until Russia a runs out of money, which it won't because of oil or its own people mm-hmm. turn on Putin, which it's very hard to do. And you have to get it to a point where the, literally life is so insufferable. They overthrow the government in some way. If, in, if, like, well, yeah. Real yeah. quick, Dan, uh, to interrupt, I did see that there was a leaked, uh, photo because obviously Belarus is kind of in on this now with Russia and mm-hmm. the uh, Belarusian president was like looking at a map that almost signified that they were going to also invade uh, Moldova or something like yeah. that so uh, th- yeah that's your point I think it's like I don't know I don't know what's going to stop these guys I think if Europe would just sack up and stop buying Russian oil they'd be out of money in months they'd have nothing well the problem with that is and it's like but this is a sports pod. I don't want to be to no, become yeah. a political pod here, but like Europe relies so much on Russian oil. We just talked about this 40% of stuff. Europe's oil comes from Russia. Oh, and for some countries, it's a lot of their, yeah, it's a lot higher. And, and the problem with the EU that they're all the clean energy, like natural gas, and mm. like the only country that really has enough, like production of that is russia and that's where they get all of it and it's like a lot of people say well america can open up the keystone pipeline but that's like actual like liquid oil that they have to send in barrels it's not natural gas because that's clean that's what you're wanted to do but now they're in the situation where they're so reliant on russia it becomes a huge mess that's the short story um, the pipeline will also be very difficult to open in the united states very true with uh political reasons and all that stuff yeah um but regardless of the politics of the situation, I, back to the players being suspended. I, I think if these players, it's a, it's a very small step, but I think if like we already see Apple's not allowing certain stuff to be sold in Russia, I think if everyone does their part in just shutting and isolating Russia off, it, it eventually makes their economy, their just lifestyle cease to exist and they have to stop this war. It just shows them that we're not going to put up with your shit. So I, I kind of agree with the notion to, to suspend these players. Um, I just, I find it hard for you to be able to do anything. Um, just because we're smack dab in the middle of the season, right? Teams gearing up for bronze. Um, and, and right, Colin mentioned the players are in a tough spot because I'm sure almost all the players are like, fuck Putin. Like, fuck this. Like, yeah. like, this is terrible and it's an awful image for them, but they have to be on the receiving end of that, which I don't think it's, is fair to them. They're not like fucking wearing around the Russian flag every day. They're not like, like, it's just, they're from Russia. That's it. I agree that, you know, everybody, you know, has to kind of do their thing uh, to, to kind of like, I guess, sanction Russia would be the word, 
Um, but it, it's just it's tough for me right in the middle of the season to say, all right, you know, for Tampa, for example, like you can't play your superstar goalie or your yeah. superstar right winger. Um, it makes it tough. Go ahead. While on the topic, two minutes ago, the uh, first major city of Ukraine has fallen in southern Ukraine, strategic hub of Kyrgyzstan. And yeah, not a good situation over there. Um, first all, the Ukrainian people. Yeah. Um, question four. Um, the so the NHL has a new in-game face-off uh, probability thing that calculates kind of uh, percentage chance to win. Uh, the NHL is adopting in-game face-off win probabilities for broadcast, significant leap for the league in data analysis and technology. Face-off probability leverages data uh, collected by NHL Edge, the league's puck and player tracking technology to create a graphic that displays the chances that a player wins a face-off or a team gains possession of the puck. It's a cool feature. Um, and it got me thinking, what would you guys like to see on different uh, broadcasts? Like what's on your wish list for broadcasts, wh- whether it's, you know, the view, uh, the view of it, uh, announcers, whatever. Uh, Dan. Boy, um, push on the spot. I really want the NFL, and this is such a just quarterback football player thing. I want like the camera to be kind of like Madden from the back of the offense, so I could see the play develop. I don't want to watch Patrick Mahomes drop back. I can't see any of the receivers, and he just hucks it fifty yards, not knowing what the route was, mm-hmm. what the coverage was, and that's just like a me thing. Like obviously, entertainment. Everyone wants to see where the ball is. But, like, it'd be cool to have that perspective to see all 22 players on the field and see what's actually going on. And a lot of people would actually learn the game as opposed to, like, a lot of people do, like, oh, why are they running up the middle? Like, you'd actually be able to see what the line's trying to do up front and not just see, like, when it's from the sideline, everything looks squished. Like, there's actually openings in the middle that you could actually see what the gap scheme's going to look like and all that (laughs) stuff. If it's zone, if it's trap, you could see all that developing from the back. And it... That's such a football player, like, answer, I guess. And the typical fan wouldn't want that, but that would be my answer. Dan, I actually like that answer. I love when they show replays. They do it, uh, especially I've noticed when Fox is covering Green Bay, they will always show replays of Roger and the po- Rogers in the pocket from behind him, which I do like a lot. Because you're right, like, you can see just, just how impressive, like, that Stafford throw from the pocket view to cup. It's just so impressive how good these guys are. Uh, my answer is the same as Evans, uh, a Nesson overhaul. Uh, the Bruins scoreboard is fugly. The Red Sox scoreboard is fugly. Dave O'Brien sucks ass and Jack Edwards sucks ass. So uh, I'd like Nesson to just wipe the slate clean, keep Brick, keep Eckersley. They're some of the best um, color guys, right? That's what a color yeah. guy is. Yeah. Some of the best color guys, I think, in like local television network stations around the country. Uh, I love both of them, but fucking Dave O'Brien, I hate so much. Losing Don Arcillo was worse than losing Mookie Betts. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And fucking Jack Edwards is just a lunatic. He's a lunatic. Yeah, he really is. He's old. Um, He's washed. He better days says crazy him. things. There's just something about looking at that, you know, gray scoreboard that's just like, makes me like why the fuck am I watching this? And I'll go watch yeah. like NBC Sports, whatever the fuck the other broadcast yeah. is, just so I can get a little fucking color in my life. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's funny where you're on that, Colin. Um, question five. Um, Colin, we'll start with you. Bleach Reporter has an NBA standings filter for quote-unquote tank. Uh, so you can kind of see the teams in as far as the tanking order goes. Uh, very kind of crazy to me. Should teams be encouraged to compete? Um, and how would that work if you were Adam Silver? How do you, how do you get teams to compete? Yeah, this I actually noticed this today when I was looking at the standings. Evan and I kind of collaborated on the lineup card today since we both made one like idiots. Um, for me, yes, teams should be encouraged to to win games how you make them want to win games is a totally different question that i don't really have a good answer for um because obviously to have parity some teams just are bad they don't have as many good players their good players aren't as good as the great players uh and that's just how professional sports works so i don't know how you could entice a team into into like trying to win when all you could achieve is maybe mediocrity 
uh, nobody wants to go spend a hundred million dollars to go 500, right? It just isn't financially. It doesn't make much sense. It, it business sports is a business. You want to make money in the end of the day. Um, so I don't know how you can make teams not try to lose, but I don't think teams should be allowed to try to lose either. Dan. I don't think like there's no incentive you can really make to make a team like win, even though that should just be the common goal amongst the team. If the team's on a tank, they're going to tank. Um, I guess the only way is like, if you're like Steven Ross and you're paying your coach to lose games and you get caught, <laughs> but that's not the league doing anything besides an investigation after the fact. Um, I just like money compensation. I don't, I don't think that makes sense. Um, no. Like you're going to pay, like, how would you, like, I don't even know how that would work. Cause like, Oh, if the, you don't lose games, we're going to give you this money. But like, let's just say they happen to suck while losing these games or just while trying to win games, but they just keep losing. Like they, they don't like, how's that work at that point? Like they're not yeah. trying to tank, but they are tanking in a, in a sense. But so. there are some teams that are just obviously tanking. Yeah. Well, yes. Um, but it's very hard to prove that someone is tanking without, like, with actual evidence to go, yeah. and, like, I guess, give them actual punishment. Yeah, so my answer. Yeah, I agree. I mean, my answer is no. I just, you, you, there's no way you, that you can be able to police this. Uh, it's impossible. Teams are going to be bad because obviously, college basketball, like, you really see some of these stars kind of develop and, and you know, obviously you watch them on TV through March Madness and stuff. They're worth getting excited about. And teams, if they find a guy that they like, they're going to, if they're bad, they're going to try to tank to get them. Go ahead, Dan. Um, just a quick little uh, update that came across here. And I want to get your guys' opinions of how you would feel about this. But the Bills are open to signing free agent tight end Rob Gronkowski. How would you feel if Gronk went to the Buffalo Bills in this offseason? Well, as the GM of the Bills in our sim, I did add another tight end to the offense. Juwan Johnson, I think, is a nice compliment to Dawson Knox. Um, I think Rob Gronkowski would be, too, from a GM point of view. But if uh, if you're asking me as a New England fan, I don't think there are much, much worse things I could see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Colin nailed that. I, I completely agree. Tough as a New England fan, obviously, to see him if he goes to Buffalo within the division. Uh, obviously, as a GM, obviously, you are GM of Buffalo. It, it would be a nice ad. He's still fucking That would just be a – that would be weird. I don't think Rob would probably. ever do that. I don't think so either. I think it's going to be Tampa or Cincy. I think those are the only two teams if he doesn't yeah. go there. And what about New England? If we could trade John. Oh, Smith. yeah. We have too many fucking tight ends. I forgot. We could trade John. He doesn't Smith. like Bill anymore. Yeah. Um, it's really sad. Um, anyway, six, moving on here. In your opinion, which of your teams improved the most that you were the GM for? And, Dan, I'll go to you. This is very tough. Um, it's because like, all guess, my teams are so much better. I mean – like I was thinking about this as I was, this is the one question I was thinking about as I was walking to class. So I was thinking about the Cardinals because I think their defense has improved mightily. I got Lawrence guy. I got um, AJ Klein as a rotational linebacker. I brought back Chandler Jones and I brought in uh, Jason Pierre Paul. I bring in Desmond Trufant. I bring in Jordan Whitehead on offense. I have Jarvis Landry um, brought back Zach Ertz and James Connor. You lose Kirk I think and it, Green. I do. Yes. I, I'm not the biggest Kirk guy, to be honest with you. He had one year and there's a lot of one years out, out there that kind of end up hitting, but I'm not the biggest Kirk guy and AJ green. He's old. And again, kind of a one hit with Arizona turn around so. to, to catch the touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't high on those guys. So bring in Jarvis Landry, who I'm not as high on, but I think he could be a little better in that offense. Um, so I kind of like Arizona, but I think my real answer has to be Detroit. You bring in JC Jackson, you bring in Marcus Williams, you bring in, um, I've brought in a ton of like mid-tier free agents as well. You bring in Michael Gallup. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to have the draft with two first round picks, trying to make some moves. Um, I, I think Detroit is definitely my most improved outside of Cincinnati's offensive line. Yeah, for me, um, kind of two teams. Uh, I would say Houston 
traded Watson. I have three first-round picks. That's big for them, um, especially after trading a bunch of them for Tunsil, like fucking idiots. Um, I like the addition of Kirk. I like Evan Ingram. Uh, I already talked about Davenport. I already talked about Iadonis. Um, I brought in Landon Roberts, I think, and another middle linebacker. But uh, I just kind of like the, the direction that team's trending. I signed Raheem Mostert. I think he'd be a nice pairing. I'm hoping to draft a running back. Uh, Dan, that's why I'm looking to move up to the second round. Uh, little rumor there. Um, oh, now I got to drop so- that. So I like the way Houston's trending, but I'd have to say Cleveland uh, kind of already talked about it. So I won't go too far into depth, but besides the quarterback position, they already had a great offensive line. I think I've added more weapons than they had previously on the offense side of things on the defense, Preston Smith to oppose miles Garrett, uh, Leighton Van Der Esch was a good ad. So I, I like what Cleveland's turned into for me. Uh, this could go one of two ways for me. Uh, obviously, the easy answer would probably be Las Vegas. I mean, going out and getting Aaron Rodgers via the trade, um, you know, going out, signing Devontae Adams, signing Randall Cobb, uh, interested in Alan Lazard. So really kind of picking up these offensive weapons a lot from Green Bay, obviously. Um, offensive line, I, I signed Bradley Bozeman, who I think is a very underrated guard with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, Cam Irving, another tackle and, and even Eli Apple on a, on a, you know, two and a half million dollar deal for one year. I think that's, that's a steal. They need another corner. So they're, they're an easy one. Also, I think Minnesota, I it's, it's hilarious because I'm really happy with what I've done with the defense. I think the defense has been their weak point, uh, really a lot. I'm in a prime position to take a strong, uh, edge rusher at, at, at three. Um, also, so signed Von Miller. I get Michael Pierce back, signed Mike, Micah Kaiser, brought back Nick Vigil, who was a perfect scheme fit last year, traded for Desmond King, signed Chris Harris, so two corners there, and then even bringing in Sende- Andrew Sandejo, who had a good year in Indianapolis, reunion there in Minnesota. So the defense is what needed work for the Vikings. They hire Ed Donatel from Denver, who was the Broncos defensive coordinator. I think that is going to be a big boost for them. Um, and then all these players, like former Broncos, Miller, Harris, reunite with their former D.C. Like I like what I've done with Minnesota's defense. And uh, obviously drafting a talented player at three is the whole. Yeah, you make a good case, though. Um, now, lastly, we got four fun questions here. Um, well, not sports-related, but I think these will be fun. Um, so, Dan, I'll start with you. I think I'm on to you. Um, which would you rather – a, have soccer be the only sport you can watch for three years. B, live in Africa with an indigenous tribe for one year with no communication with the outside world. <laughs> and three, C, this is near and dear to your heart, have Carson Wentz start for your team for the next 10 years. What are you picking? Oh, boy. Um, well, hmm. I'll go with Carson Wentz for 10 years because – there's a chance it hits randomly one year and I could still watch football. I don't have to go live in Africa and I don't have to watch only soccer for three years. So I will take 10 more years of Carson Wentz. I have experienced Super Bowl in my lifetime, so I will have more football to watch with actual hope. Um, so I'll have to go with Carson Wentz. Yeah, I have to agree. I just I can't picture soccer for three years. I just wouldn't watch sports. That would be what happened. I just wouldn't watch sports. Uh, and and living in Africa, I'm sorry, I'm just not built for that. Well, you never know. There's some crazy tribes that like eat you. Yeah, I know. So actually, this is a bit of a tangent, but my homeland security professor was telling us how he did a trip to Africa, and uh, the. There, he was at like a school, like eight-year-old kids. And one kid was literally getting beaten to death by the whole class because they like said he had bad juju because like a plastic bag got caught in a tree outside his house. Like the way they live is just insane. <laughs> he had to stop an eight-year-old boy from being murdered by his classmates. <laughs> yeah, uh, I picked once as well. Um, I probably should have come up with a worse quarterback maybe uh, when I was making uh, these questions, but yeah. I would Mike think. Glennon. Mike Glennon. <laughs> oh my God. That, see, that gets interesting, right? Because <laughs> can you just watch your team go one in 16 every year? It's painful. It's painful. Um, question eight. Uh, would you rather be forced to watch nothing but news for six months, run and train for a 26 mile marathon, 
and then be stuck in the woods alone for a week with few supplies. Uh, Colin, what are you picking? I'll take the woods, dude. I'll take the woods. I can last a fucking week. I mean, can you give me my few supplies? Yeah. What, I mean, I, what are got, they? Um, enough to start a fire. Um, Any form of shelter? It's Survivor. You probably have to make your own okay. shelter. But I have like some food to start yeah. with at least. Or yeah, some rice. Yeah, I could. Fuck yeah, a fucking week. Are you kidding me? Fuck yeah, I've watched Survivor enough to know how to build a fucking tent. Dan, what was the second option again? It was uh, run and train for twenty six mile marathon. I'd have to go with that. Like, God, I'm no. getting, I'm getting in shape by doing this and I'm still living my normal life. Nothing changes besides having them actually take out time to uh, train for this marathon. So I, I think I'd have to do that. Yeah, I agree. I picked the marathon. Um, I have no interest in, you know, sleeping with bears. And then secondly, uh, news would just make me want to shoot my brain out oh my for that long. Um, <laughs> and then obviously you can't watch sports. So then we probably can uh, whoever uh, p- picked that one, obviously, couldn't be on the pod for six months. Um, question, next question. Which would you rather, work retail for the rest of your life, see your teams go playoff list for the rest of your life, or get drafted into World War Three? Dan? Where are we dropping, boys? <laughs> Screw it. <laughs> um, what do you got, Colin? That's so tough. I it's probably retail. It's probably retail. Uh, hopefully at like a golf store or something where people just don't bother me all day and I can just fuck off. I was thinking more but, customer service. Oh, fuck no. Customer service is the last place I want to be, dude. I want to be the guy in the back who nobody knows works there. Well, does that, ch- does that change your uh, answer if it's customer service or no? If it's customer service, fuck, dude. Customer <laughs> service. Or get shot in the face. I'll probably take <laughs> customer service. If you're good, you you don't get shot in the face. Dan, I've never owned a Call of Duty game. Oh, that wow. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be dead in an instant. Yikes. I mean, I picked retail too. Um, you know, those old like women at Market Basket seem to be happy enough. So <laughs> for me. Um, respect to them. Uh, they they love what they do. Um, question ten. Last question. We got a bonus question today at, per Colin's request. The pitcher slot. The pitcher slot. Exactly. Uh, Colin, I'll start with you. Are there more doors or wheels in the world? So this question is pretty outrageous. My roommate posed it to me this morning. He, he's like, I got a really important question. I was like, shit, did I do something? And he's like, are there more wheels or doors in the world? I was like, all right. <laughs> um, but like we started getting down to it. You think about it. Car. If you count the hood, because it's like a door and the trunk, like a door, same movement, up, down, close, something like that. You got six doors in a car to five wheels if you have a spare. So that's an extra wheel for every car. But then you think about 18 wheelers, there's only two doors, three if you count the back of the trailer to 18 wheels at least. Um, It's tough, dude. But anything you think about homes, how many doors are in a home? Uh, Do you count? a fridge, a freezer. Those are doors. The microwave, doors. Yeah, this is tough. I think I have to go doors, though. I think I have to go doors. I think there are more. You think about basement doors. Every house has a basement. Like wheelbarrows, though. What? What about even wheelbarrows? I'm just I'm just playing that. That's one wheel. That's one wheel. But no, I see what you're saying. It's there's no right answer to this question. All, All those matchbox cars, dude, with the wheels. True. Oh, 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 oh. All those that exist. It has to be wheels then. I, I just thought of that. It has Man, to be go wheels. Ahead. Don't all these hot wheels have doors? Yes. Two. Well, they don't open or close though. Some which of means they're just painted on. I think I'm I'm gonna stick with doors. There's a lot of doors out there. A lot of doors. <laughs> That's true. And then you also got to think closet doors as well, right? Um, doors to stores. It's, it's got to be doors. Mobile homes. mobile homes. But mobile homes have fucking wheels. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say doors too. 
Although the Matchbox cars, the Matchbox really just all those threw a trucks dent in that. Yeah, that's, when you think fun. about that, I had so many. Fun. I mean, we used to do the NASCAR. Yeah. Shit, so, but just think about all the buildings in the world. And how many doors are in buildings? That's a like, great point as well, Dan. There are like, so many. Doors. Like the Empire State Building has to have like ten thousand doors in it, and that's one building. Yeah, it's got to be doors. You're right. Yeah. Wait. Hmm. Oh. Think about all the chairs in the building that, like the rolly chairs, that have wheels on them. Oh, 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 see, you can just go deeper and deeper. This is why <laughs> I love this question. Then you think about airplanes. Airplanes also have wheels, but they have doors to get on, doors to get off. I feel like that probably offsets cabinet doors in in like the actual plane itself. Oh, the fucking wheels. Think about showers. Showers, another door. That's not. Mm-hmm. Well, some of them. I, some of them. Wow. Doggy doors? Are we counting mm-hmm. doggy doors? How many homes in no. America have doggy doors? That that doesn't count. That's part of the door. I, I guess. Part of the door. I guess. Door inside a door. It's yeah. a great question. Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, I have my rant, which is going to be rather quick, uh, and then we'll conclude. Uh, about an hour podcast. It was a good idea to blend the two of them. All right, here we go. So recently, I'm sure uh, if you follow me on Twitter, as only 47 other individuals do. Um, <laughs> so if you're one of those 47, you might have seen me tweeting about Bruce Arians and his recent Tom Brady slander in the media uh, going around saying things like, uh, you know, it wasn't all Tom. The rest of these guys had a hand in that ring, too. Yeah, no shit. No shit they did. But you don't need to go and say that publicly. Or Tom, you know, not ruling out retirement. Oh, he just likes to have his name out there. Bruce Arians, you know, I'm going to read the tweet because I think it's a, a perfect way to describe him. I saw I haven't liked it this morning. It's a perfect tweet. Uh, perfect tweet. Bruce Arians is like the petty girlfriend who got dumped in high school and never moved on. Fuck off, dude. You have no rings without Brady. Uh, that's exactly how I feel about Bruce Arians. He's old. He's irrelevant now. Tampa Bay is going to be irrelevant. Um I can't see them winning more than nine games, maybe a wild card team, no matter who their quarterback is, because they're not going to get anything close to what Tom Brady has been for the last two years for them. Uh, I just, this kind of shit just pisses me off. Like show a little gratitude, a little respect. He's the greatest to ever do it. Uh, He was willing to partner with you. And it sounds like you actually ruined that partnership uh, before Tom might've been ready to retire. So fuck you, Bruce Arians. Uh, I think you're an asshole. That's the end of my rant good one yeah the tweet was funny i will say um i feel part of that when i first heard about this is just trying to get the confidence of bucks players up because like you lose the greatest of all time they're probably like it's like the scene from Waterbody, like oh shit we suck again like yeah probably some of them they're just like oh we're not gonna win or like screw it i'm leaving and he's like no 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 you guys you're part of the reason too. stay here you can win too that's so, true. I, I see that side of it. Dan, you just sounded so much like Fitz. <laughs> I mean, I think I spent two years with the guy like every morning and I probably picked up some habits. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Definitely picked up some habits. I would right. just say real quick, as far as the Bucks go, like it's a shitty division. Like they, they're going to be competitive, I, I think. We'll, we'll have to see who they're going to be. Atlanta is, but, like, could surprise some people. Atlanta's defense, though, is, is problems. And well, free agency hasn't begun yet, brother. No, so give let's see. many rooms, many see much time for yeah. I will say the defense is definitely a problem. Yeah, Being the, the Atlanta Falcons defense is ass, but I don't expect Tampa to retain most of the guys that they have, anyways. So, yeah, how's Frankie doing, by the way, with Tampa? No, Frankie does not want to restructure any single contract. I text him how many he has, and he's like, "Oh, cool." Doesn't restructure a single one. Does it helps he gets like so much. Why isn't he restructuring? I don't know. He like looks at the spreadsheet, and then like he just found oh. out he gets nine mil because Ali Marpet retires. You know what he does when he only has like fifty guys on roster? Spends it over two people. Nine mil over two people. Who? Uh. Can't say quite yet because actually he hasn't used it yet because the players haven't accepted yet. So I can't quite say, but they're <laughs> going to accept. Um, oh my god! I for uh, real quickly. I for, oh, 
when I was doing Cleveland yesterday or two days ago, uh, Dan had sent me how many restructures I had used. And I was like, oh, I have two more in Cleveland. I freed up 15 more million. That's how I signed Conklin. And I also signed Nadama and Sue, who I forgot about. And I also signed Teddy Bridgewater to compete with Tua Tagovailoa. So. Browns, are, you did nice with the Browns. Thank you. But he could have had this money when, like, the top 25 free agents. I know. Signed. If I had realized, right? God. Fuck. Mean so, so see me and Newman seeing all the offers come in, we kind of know when certain players are gonna go off the board. So it makes it easy for us to know when to make moves and when not, because we know yeah. when it's slow day, we know when all these top guys are getting offered. That's how sometimes our offers like come. It's like, oh, this guy's finally getting offered. I gotta throw mine in there. That's what happened yeah. with JC. Yeah. I only, I literally only got in on JC to spite you two. I just wanted to take off from you guys. I was encouraging. I'm like, <laughs> Sean was first with Baltimore. Really? He only offered 14 APY. Newman said I was second in terms of money at night. I offered him four for 19. You made me up my offer. Oh, really? Well, so he waited a day and I upped it anyway. I was at 18 and I said, screw it. I have 21 mil. In cap space, I'll go 20. The way you guys were talking about it, I figured he was like around 22-ish, like the way you were describing a bidding war. So I was like, well, maybe 19 will give me a fighting chance. I forget what the percentages were, but... um, Had I known I had two more restructures, I easily could have outbid you. (laughs) Probably, yeah. I I ended up releasing some players and ended up getting more cap in Detroit, so I probably could have made it work. I was right, let's wrap up. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. Good pod, boys. We'll see you next week. Later. Peace. Put your tears away. Ain't no fear today. You can drive off towards that summertime sunset. It's what you ain't done yet. Take the keys, leave the regrets. Write your letters, place your bets. I'll be the one who accepts.